Hey, welcome to Moderate Monday. That's Ryan G. Hensley. I'm Grant Cohn. You get you fire off a lot of emotional takes day of a game. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even a fan of the team. And you, you say things that maybe the next day you're like, I don't know if I felt that way. So I think I've always noticed that the analysis of a football game right after it and the analysis of that same game the next morning is way different. All the emotions gone. And that's where Ryan steps in. Ryan's really relaxed, calm, <laughs> and unfazed, which I appreciate, yeah. man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Good, good, uh, good game. Victorious Monday. Always good for me. But yeah, I'm a little mellow. Maybe I should turn up my energy. No, your energy is perfect. I love your energy. I was in uh, L.A. this weekend, and um, my team won too. So good for us. Yeah. The Bruins. The big Chip Kelly fan. And I got this hat in Ackerman (laughs) Union because I'm repping. So anyway, the title of the show is, Is the Niners Confidence on the Rise After Beating the Rams? Like, We're going to get there. We're going to build up to that. But as Mm -hmm. you're watching this show, as you're processing this win, the Niners are 2-0. But ask yourself, are you more or less confident in the 49ers following this victory? It's a feeling. How do you feel? And then ask yourself, why do I feel this way? We're going to get there. Let's start with the number one nitpicky topic. It's just the number one topic following this win, the deep passing game. This could have been a 44 to 23 destruction. Instead, it was a seven-point win over a team that's really rebuilding. Yeah. And there are a few three glaring misses that Kyle had to talk about, Brock had to talk about the deep the deep misses. Yeah. What are you seeing? What are you seeing here? Well, first of all, I'm glad that Kyle is dialing up these plays for Brock Purdy, and I really hope he continues to do so. Um, you know, something I took a lot of heat for all the last what five months is you know, I call Brock Purdy dink and dunk quarterback, and people get mad, whatever, you know, you can argue over the definition of what dink and dunk means but really what i've always meant was he's not a he doesn't have a super strong arm i would think most people would agree with that he's not a good deep ball thrower i think the facts will show you that now that being said let me reiterate that i like everything else from brock purdy and he's really good at everything else and it's possible that he improves at that 25 to 45 yard range it's possible that he can learn that right Every quarterback in the NFL can throw the ball 40, 45 yards. I never thought that Brock Purdy could not throw the ball 40, 45 yards. That that was never a question. It's about can you do it effectively and can you complete those passes? So far, we haven't seen that he he can, that he he does. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't. And I really hope Kyle continues to dial this up for him so he can improve there. Now, is he going to throw 50, 60-yard bombs probably ever? I would say no. But he can become efficient in that 25 to 45-yard range. And Kyle needs to continue to dial it up. I think it's really good for the 49ers offense if he continues to dial it up. And, and he'll start hitting those eventually. Can you show the people, the good people watching this show, your sweatshirt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to love that. They're going to love it. Yeah, I'm trying to turn it into a – it's a positive. Brock Purdy dinks this, dunks the shit out of the ball, and he's killing it, and he's scoring 30 points a game, and I am love it. I'm here for it, man. He's just not a good deep ball throw. I think if anyone's being honest, is Brock pretty a good deep ball thrower? If you're being honest, right now, the answer is no. Doesn't mean he can't improve at it. Doesn't mean he can't get better at it. But that's the answer right now. So, And some people might say it doesn't matter. I think it matters. Oh, it matters. I, I think what's um, maybe not dis- maybe discouraging isn't the right word since they're 2-0 and and he's so successful. But what's maybe concerning or troubling is that it seems like such a clear limitation. Like, he's good at a lot of things, but 
if that's something you really don't call for him, then I think that limits the entire offense. And we saw with Kyle Shanahan, he used to call deep shots for Jimmy. And then Jimmy stopped either he missed enough of them that Jimmy stopped throwing them or Kyle stopped calling them. But that just became like it just dropped out of the Niners offense entirely. And mm-hmm. yesterday, Kyle like dialed up three or four deep shots that were wide open. Loved it. That, I mean, they were wide open. Yeah. One on one, no safety, guy wins, and Purdy just airmails. So is Kyle, I mean, like, if, if Kyle won't call that, that's really going to help opposing defensive coordinators. And I think what was discouraging for me with these throws, the one to Debo in particular, mm-hmm. that was not a far throw. It was right up the seam. He wasn't under pressure. And it was a very, like, low line drive of a throw. It's the same thing Jimmy did a lot. Is he would, yeah. there's no air underneath it and you overthrow it. Like, that should have been a layup. I think, good, I, think I know what good it is. Good really put some air underneath it. Sorry, go ahead. No, I interrupted you. I think I think I know what it is, Grant. Like I think a lot of quarterbacks with a lot of arm talent, that's an easy throw. It's the same that that throw is the same for them as a 15 yard throw. That throw for Brock Purdy, <clears throat> there's more body involved. He has to get into it a little bit more. It's like if you if you and I went to backyard and played played a catch with baseball, right? And then we were just tossing it. It's really easy yeah. for me to be accurate, accurate. But if I want to throw it, if you back up and I got to throw it as hard mm-hmm. as I can, the chances of my accuracy are, are going to go down. And I think that's what we see with Brock Purdy. That's why he overshoots it. One of the weakest arguments I see is, a, oh, Brock Purdy doesn't have a good arm. Why is he overthrowing wide receivers? Well, first of all, it's in the 30, 35-yard range. You're talking about every quarterback in the NFL can throw that. The reason why that's evidence of a weaker arm is because he's inaccurate at that range and he has to put more into it, which is messing up his accuracy. If it was a flip of a wrist, like it is for some quarterbacks, that would be more accurate. Now, all that being said, again, I don't think he's going deep throwing 50, 60-yard bombs ever. I don't think that's who Brock Purdy is, but he can nail in this 25 to 45-yard range. It just needs more practice, and it is extremely important. And the reason why you know it's important, Grant, is because Kyle called four of them yesterday. If it wasn't important, he wouldn't have dialed it up. It spreads out the defense. It opens everything else underneath. Yeah, I mean, the Niners, everyone knows they're trying to get the yards after the catch with Debo. Debo was going crazy yesterday. If the defense all of a sudden commits to taking away those short throws, deep ones are going to be open. And if the quarterback can hit them, then you have an offense that's kind of unstoppable with this talent. But, I mean, that's the difference between scoring 45 and 30. 30 was enough. 30 usually is enough, but... I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed I mean, like this is in a Super Bowl, an NFC championship game. It's already cost them one Super Bowl, this particular issue. It's it's like they got rid of Jimmy partially because of this. And now you're yeah. back to the same limitation in the offense, even though Brock does a lot of things better than Jimmy in, uh, uh, other than that. Well, yeah, I mean, see, that's the thing. That's why I'm glad Kyle's dialing it up, and I hope he continues to dial it up because with Jimmy, 2019, Jimmy barely threw any deep passes throughout the season. And then the Super Bowl, they're like, come on, Jimmy throw this one connect like it's not logical it's not realistic to expect them to all of a sudden be able to do that in the Super Bowl when it matters the most what they need is to do this throughout the season take three or four shots a game hopefully Brock connects on you know one or two of them and that's going to open up everything else the defenses are going to have to respect that about the 49ers and that's the difference between what the 49ers have done over the last six years and what they could possibly be with Brock Purdy I think Brock Purdy can learn to be really efficient at that 25 to 45 yard range, but Kyle Shannon has to continue to dial it up. And I think it's extremely important that they do it every single game or as much as often as they can to prepare him for the playoffs and the Super Bowl when they're going to. They might be in situations where they need to do that. And real quick, Grant, like 
yes, this is nitpicking Brock Purdy because he's you know, averages what thirty plus points a game. He hasn't won a game. He started or finished. But we're giving the full analyzation of this team. This team has high standards. They want to win the Super Bowl. I want them to win the Super Bowl. So we're just pointing out the one thing where he can improve. Yeah, and it's like they still might be able to win a Super Bowl this year without him hitting that throw. I'm not sure. Yeah. They couldn't in 2019, but they, maybe they can this year. And it's like right now at 23 years old, him making whatever he's $800,000 a year, you can't even be mad if, if this isn't part of his game. But – if he's the franchise quarterback and he's going to be the guy long term, this this kind of gives you pause. Like, I don't think you can give a huge super mondo extension to a quarterback who can't do this, because right. once he starts making that the big bucks in a couple of years, and you don't have all the best yak guys in the league on the team anymore, this is going to be a much bigger problem. So it may not be a problem now, and maybe it's not relevant to this season, although it might be. Uh, when yeah. you finally face a team that's going somewhere, like we'll find out week five if it's not a problem, because the last time he faced the Cowboys, he scored 19 points. So yeah. he has an opportunity to show that that was an aberration, but I yeah. don't know. And I, and I think it's great. Like I love everything about Brock Purdy. I've said this over and over again. I've said this since last August. Like people don't understand that about me. They think because I criticize his deep ball that I don't acknowledge the rest of Brock Purdy's game. And I said it last August, not, not the August that just passed a year ago. I acknowledge, I said, Brock Purdy's intriguing. He's a playmaker. He does everything really well. Like I really like everything about Brock Purdy. He just needs to develop this deep passing game. He's not going to, again, he's not going to throw 56-yard bombs or anything like that. That doesn't happen very often, but he does need to become efficient in that 25 to 45-yard range in order to be a complete quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like to see him get some trajectory on the deep ball, like like some some loft. Because yeah. as you mentioned, if, if you have a strong arm, that's not a really difficult throw. It's like a flick of the wrist. Yeah. You know, like if – but when you watch him throw that ball to Debo – he like crow hops he gets everything he has into it and really just fires it five yards past him on a low line mm -hmm. that's discouraging that's concerning to me that's a guy who doesn't have confidence in his deep throw and has like sam Darnold would have thrown a better deep throw than that way yeah. better there's another throw that people aren't talking about that he made in this game and it's the one that uh, got uh pass interference to debo so this is another mm -hmm. reason why i like attacking deep right because good things happen like pass interferences but the, that was probably his worst pass. The one that got a pass interference for Debo, that was a whole duck, duck, goose. Like that thing was like a pop fly. Uh, that It was like flopping and it was way up in the air. So he's got to find, he's just got to work on it. I, and I think Kyle just needs to continue to dial it up. And you can work on it in practice all you want, but none of it really matters until, you know, like it, it's even what Brock said. Like he says, an NFL quarterback has to hit those throws and that's on me. I got to get it. I got to get better at it. But he needs reps in games doing that in order to develop it. It's different from practice. So I just hope Kyle keeps dialing it up and doesn't, you know, back off because he hasn't hit hit a few yet. That's the thing that's concerning, too, is like he does so many things so well, so many things so well. Mm -hmm. But like every NFL quarterback has to hit those throws. Like those were wide open 30 yard throws, like not talking 50 yard throws, not talking one on one 50 50 balls like that's I layup. smoked the defender. It's a layup. It's a 30-yard layup. layup, man. It's a layup for everyone. Yeah. And it's a layup but for NFL quarterback. It's a layup for NFL quarterbacks. And if you can't hit those throws, then I'm looking at you differently. Then, like, you're good, but you're good with an asterisk. Like, that – you're, like, the only quarterback who's good with this limitation. And I feel like as the league is more exposed to you and they realize they're really not concerned about you throwing the ball more than 20, 25 yards down the field, 
it's going to get tougher for you. So these throws are wide open. You got to hit them. And let's just say that it's early in your career and you'll figure it out because you're that kind of guy. I don't know. I mean, I don't have, I don't have to believe that, but I'll give, I'll be optimistic. I do believe that with Brock Purdy and his mindset, I feel like he's that he's so competitive and with himself, he wants to be great. Uh, that's one thing about Brock Purdy. He really wants to be a really good quarterback in this league. He's driven. I feel like he'll figure I want to be it out. Six, seven. <laughs> yeah. I want to have a serious vert. I love Brock and I know he's determined, but this might be one of those things that's beyond his desire, his will. Yeah. This might just be his. Yeah. If I'm not in the NBA, I think, I think six, four or six, five is the limit for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a good point. I feel like once you get to a certain height, people are like, so do you play basketball? And you're like, (laughs) right. Why would you say that? It's weird getting in your car. Clothes don't fit right. Yeah. I think six, four, you can't can't really fly. You have to be first class. It's rough. Even six, four, that's a tough one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Six yeah, feet is pretty three. good. I'll take it. You're I'm 6'3". Six three. Three. I'm 6'3". Six I think it's, it's wow. ideal height for me. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I think six feet's ideal height. <laughs> <laughs> I'd yeah. take 6'3". I wouldn't be mad about being 6'3". Talking head, since I watched Iowa football, Brock Purdy looks the same to me. Great short intermediate. Can't throw deep ball consistently. Has CMC. Had Brees Hall. Was benched for erratic play. Let's see what happens in SF. I mean, I think some people that say like, hey, he's not a dink and dunk quarterback will point to the intermediate throws, and that's fair because not everyone's good at those. But if you have no deep ball, you got to wear that label. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Basic hot dog, no bun. Says no T.O., fumbles by, uh, no turnovers, fumbles by BP, I'll take it. Jimmy Garoppolo looked like garbage yesterday. Jimmy G, same guy and has never improved and a lot more expensive. I don't know what Oakland saw in Jimmy Garoppolo. Oakland saw nothing. Vegas, Oakland would have seen that. Raiders going to Raiders, man. Yeah. Stupid. Who could have seen this happen? All day, every day, Kim says, I'm fully convinced the Niners could win with half the quarterbacks in the league, including backups after yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Baker's 2-0 with Tampa. The the Niners can win with Baker. This team, everyone's getting mad at me for saying this, but, dude, Kirk Cousins is a baller. The 49ers would have won at least one Super Bowl. They had Kirk Cousins this whole time. Kirk, I, I'm telling you, we'll see, man. I like Brock, but Kirk Cousins is a – people hate this. I think Grant hates this, but Kirk Cousins is good, man. He really is. He's good. He is good. Yeah. He is very good. Uh, Edgar Gutierrez says, Grant gives no love uh, to the long snappers, but will call to fire if they ever screw up. Long snack, snappers are people too. Great content, guys. Thank you, Edgar. Hey, shout out to all the long snappers in the world. Tabor Pepper, great guy. Zach Rivero says, so uh, – Jake Moody with the biggest psych of all time, LOL. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he was just making things interesting. Love it, man. I'm super happy. 57-yard field goal, I think it's the second longest kick in, in 49ers history. Wow. RS, RJSF2293 says, where was the D-line in this game? Where's Bosa? Oh, we're going to explain that. It's actually a very interesting discussion. East Dad says, $2 holla, Grant. I respect your opinions. You're trying to get me. Holla. <laughs> You're trying you trying me to get straight. You trying to you want me to get strange for a piece of change? Not gonna happen. Okay, yeah. let's talk about Nick Bosa's drought. He hasn't yeah. had a sack in five games. I think there's a lot of things going into it um, since it goes back to last year. But let's just deal with this season. Mm-hmm. First two games, no sacks. If you dig a little deeper into the numbers, you, you see a different story. What are you looking at? Well, I want I definitely want to get your take on this because I think you have some good insight is like kind of what we were talking about before the show. But he does he did have the most pressures in the game 
yesterday. He had five, I think, which was the most pressures by any of the D-line. Um, so he's definitely doing his thing. It's just not going all the way through. I want to get your take on it because you hinted at some things in regards to uh, Wilkes mm-hmm. and, and why why this is occurring. Well, okay. So the pressure rates are, are there, um, but he isn't getting the sacks. And what are we noticing? Like less, yesterday, a lot of 10-yard catches from Puka Nakua. A lot of Puka Nakua, totally uncontested, catching ball 10, 11, 12 yards downfield, Niners rallying to make the tackle. Mm-hmm. Seems to me you got this new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. He's trying to figure out what to do. What he's doing is basically rushing on first and second down, rushing four and playing a very soft zone coverage, off coverage, just like as non-aggressive as you could be. Let's call it passive. And the Rams... Their attitude was, we'll take what the defense gives us. Right. So we're going to throw these short passes, and we're going to check it down to our running back, and we're going to do it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So Puka Naku was killing him, running curls and slants. And yeah. so if you're just going to play off and give up the quick throw all day, yeah, then Nick Bosa is not going to have sacks. Makes sense. So really, Steve Wilkes is doing Nick Bosa and the entire Niners defense a disservice. If you spend this much money on your D-line, Mm-hmm. From Bosa to Hargrave to Armstead, not to mention Drake Jackson who has three sacks. Man, give him a chance. The whole idea getting a guy like Traverius Ward is if you play press man-to-man coverage on the outside and make the quarterback hold the ball for a second longer than he wants to, he's screwed unless he can scramble. Like, he's going to go yeah. down. Yeah. And I thought that's how this game was going to play out because that's how it would have played out if D'Amico Ryans was the defensive coordinator. But he's gone, and Steve Wilkes let Matt Stafford just dice him up. Like, he let mm-hmm. Nakua have a free release into the secondary all day. They never stopped him. Yeah. Well, here's so what I'm wondering. Going, that's what's up with Bosa. <laughs> that's yeah. what's up with Bosa. It makes sense. I'm wondering two things. Like The first thing I'm wondering is, is it because they re- respected the speed of the Rams receivers that much because those guys are fast. Uh, and so you're right. They were playing back off of them and Stafford was getting the ball out quick. And I think that all that contributed, but I'm wondering if that was because they were respecting the speed of those re- receivers on, on the Rams. The other thing I wanted to throw out as a, well, real quick uh, before you change it, before you change the subject, yeah, yeah. answer that one real quick. Mm-hmm. I understand respecting Tutu at the oil speed, but like Puka Nakua is not fast and he runs like two routes and there's no way you you can just let him do that to you. Because yeah. the way I look at this game is, I mean, the, a big reason the Niners won, if not the main reason, is mm-hmm. because the Rams running back dropped that one pass that got tipped right to Isaiah Oliver. Like, that was lucky as hell. That was, that was anyone's game until that happened. The sure. Rams, we was tied, and the Rams were driving, and they were deep in the Niners' territory, and then the guy just drops a check down pass, and it lands in Isaiah Oliver's hands. Boom, great, sweet. I mean, it, you know. It's better to be lucky than great, but yeah, that I mean, you basically were waiting for the Rams to mess up and playing mm-hmm. that passive. You have you're way too invested on defense. You have way too much talent on defense to be that passive. Be aggressive. Yeah, I mean, Shavarius Ward looked awful in this game. He was just like ten yards me, off. All what are you paying him for? Yeah, let if me you're ask, ask you, him to do that. Let me ask you about Charverius because this is this it snapped into my head yesterday. Uh, Charverius before week one was listed as having a heel injury. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. is, that, is that part of it? Is he still nursing that heel injury, and is that why they're giving him that extra space 
I don't know. Like maybe it's a pot, maybe it's hundred percent fine and that's BS and that's, has nothing to do with it. But I'm wondering if that's part of this because, you know, those guys are quick and maybe that's what the plan was. Like, let's, you know, he, they know he's nursing and he's not a hundred percent. I'm wondering because it doesn't feel like he's a hundred percent right now. Um, and maybe he is, maybe that heals a non-issue right now. And it's just something going on outside of that. But I'm wondering if that's a possibility. Maybe if you, next time you see Charveris, you could ask him about that, but, I'm curious if that's something to do with it. And then to get back to the previous point, I'm not necessarily saying that um, I agree with what Wilkes is doing, backing off, mm. but maybe maybe that's the strategy is, is why they approached it that way. But, you know, we'll see. But I do think you're right. If they applied more pressure, took away the short, quick pass, Stafford has to hold the ball longer, allows the defense to get to the quarterback more often. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's why the sack numbers were down overall. I think only Fred Warner had a sack, and it was on a you know linebacker blitz. If you're playing that far off, it seems to me that it indicates you don't have confidence in your corners and your mm-hmm. DBs. And the way – I mean, obviously, Ambry Thomas was starting. They tried him to twice. Have confidence in him. Isn't that twice now? Two games, back-to-back. Yeah. They started him and took, took him out, right? Hard to have confidence in him. And then Traverius Ward, the way the Rams went after him – from the beginning to the end of the game, maybe they know something too. Like, yeah, maybe he's not 100% healthy or whatever. Um, the only guy you really got to worry about at, in, in the Niners' cornerback room right now is Lenore, who I think is a legitimately good cornerback. Everyone else, I don't know. Uh, well, so I think let, that's let part me, of the issue. So maybe Wilkes isn't wrong here. I mean, they don't yeah. have Jimmy Ward anymore. They, they, they don't really have the ability to play man-to-man at a high level. I mean, I think you could say they could against the Rams because, again, I'm sorry, it's – I'm going to have to see it again from Puka Nakua. I think he was just running through wide-open zones. Like, mm-hmm. against yeah. other teams, I get it, but against the Rams, I think you probably could have played man. I think they did play more man in the second half, and that's why they won. But yeah. can they do it against good teams? I don't know. Yeah, a couple points there. Like, um, First thing, too, I, as acknowledged as a defense, the 49ers defense gave up zero in the second half against the Steelers and six, really three, but I guess six against the Rams in the second half. So one of the way I evaluate a coach is how do they adjust at halftime? So I will give yep. a, a salute to Wilkes because he has – they've done really well in the second half of both games. Um, but I think they they planned on playing – correct me if I'm wrong, but they wanted Lenore at the nickel, Ambry mm-hmm. out on the outside with Traverius, but they keep two games in a row. They'll they'll try and – Ambry, it's not working. They, they take him out, and then they pop Lenore to the outside and Isaiah Oliver – at the nickel and that seems to be the winning formula at least last game i like i was have not been impressed i've been very down on isaiah oliver but he had one of the best games um out of all the dbs yesterday he's significantly improved so maybe moving forward that's what we see maybe we see charverius ward isaiah oliver and diamador lenore and ambry's off the bench let's talk about isaiah oliver because i actually disagree with you on him respectfully respect in a good spirit i mean i know he had a great tackle yeah. And I know he had like the game defining interception, but I think, I mean, it was tipped right to him. Like, I, I think the, the issue with Isaiah Oliver is that first of all, he didn't even start. Like he came off the bench last two games because Ambry was so bad, but they go, went into the game thinking Ambry was better. Yeah. Isaiah comes in and I don't think Wilkes feels comfortable calling man to man coverage with him out there. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like part of the reason Wilkes is playing such as a soft zone coverage is because of this guy. If he starts playing press man, then all of a sudden Oliver has to like really cover someone and that might not go so well. Maybe maybe he's being too 
cautious. But that's, I mean, he may, we may continue to see this soft zone coverage as long as Isaiah Oliver's out there because the only other alternative is to put Ambry out there. And I don't think either one of these guys is, is an option. Yeah. If, I, if I'm the Niners, I'm taking $41 million and I'm going after the best free agent corner right now. I think they need it depth-wise. Womack is out. Uh, Ambry is up or down. Like I, I think I, that's what I would be doing if I'm a 49er right now. Uh, if I'm in the 49ers front office, investing in a free agent corner. I, look, I was looking earlier. I forget some names, but they have a couple out there that are decent. Um, I think there's a definite thing. Isaiah Oliver, like you said, like in the preseason, was not impressed. Training camp, not impressed. Week one, not impressed. But yesterday, I thought he put, made some good plays. He um, did make two very good plays for sure. Yeah, no doubt. and yeah, one of them was just Johnny on the spot. The I'm just talking about his coverage. Like, do you feel yeah. comfortable calling man-to-man coverage with him on the field? I don't know. I don't feel. I I think that, yeah. You t- the Niners just don't have a number three quarter corner. They wanted it to be Oliver. That's why they gave him all this money. Then yeah. halfway through training camp, they're like, "Yikes! Actually, psych, psych. We're gonna move yeah. Lenore in there and then play Ambry." It's like, uh, don't know right. what you thought you saw from Ambry, but he's the same guy who wasn't playing last year. And now you're like, mm, we would really like Jimmy Ward back. Sure. Or yeah. Emmanuel Mosley. If they had either one of those guys, they'd be pretty much unstoppable as a defense, but they don't. Yeah. I think another part of the defensive performance yesterday that might be overlooking, maybe I'm tripping, we'll have to see over a longer games, but the Rams after week one were the second-ranked offensive line. And yesterday they held up really well also. I know a lot yeah. of the times there's no name offensive line guys, and we just like oh, who the hell are they? Because we don't know who they are. We have no names, but maybe that Rams offensive line is better than everyone expected as well. I mean, it's a possibility. We we'll have to see long term. But I mean, their their first pick this year, the second round pick uh, guard Steve Avila looks good. I really think a big turning point in this game was when Joe Noteboom went down. Yeah. Right guard. When their right guard went down, all of a sudden the pressure started. Maybe that's the big adjustment the Niners made in the second half. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, let, from, yeah. or just let Matt Stafford be Matt Stafford. I think we both predicted yeah. two interceptions for Matt Stafford, and that's what happened. And, and to my credit. The first one wasn't his fault, I don't think. The first yeah, one no. wasn't his fault. But once he's no. down late in the game, he goes into screw it mode every time. But here comes yeah. the second one. Here comes the second one. Did you give the golf club? Did you give the golf clap to the Rams? Because I remember I predicted 31 20 was my prediction. I was off by one you're point. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. I'm dead. Uh, nah, but they gave themselves such a pat in the back. They were so proud of themselves. Yes, they for were. losing. And it, I thought kicking that field goal at the end was like the lamest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, what is that? What was that about? Like he had some money on the game, wanted to cover the spread. Or, like, what was that? I mean, yeah, it did. I think the spread was seven and a half. But yeah. uh, like, it was that for like, so you could say you only lost by seven? Hey, we didn't lose by double digits. No, you essentially did lose by double digits. And if Brock Purdy could hit a deep pass, you would have lost by like 14. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell you're celebrating, but they were so excited to say they kept it close against the 49ers. Now the Niners kept it close against you. I don't know what they were doing in this game. I will talk more about what to take from this game. Um, But I think Isaiah Oliver is the the guy on this defense at the nine. You're going to circle every week if you're the Giants. Got to go yeah. after Isaiah Oliver when he's on the field as much as possible. He doesn't seem like coming into the season. I would say Womack is your best nickel, to be honest with you. He has that quick foot speed that can cover those slot receivers. Um, so I'm not sure why they weren't high on Womack. Um, Isaiah Oliver doesn't seem like that quick footed corner that you want with the, to cover the, the slot receiver. So it's curious. I think that's going to be the question all year or at least for the next few weeks. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about it right now. Mm-hmm. Niners win by seven against the Rams. Yeah. Rams beat the Seahawks. Uh, it wasn't a super convincing win. It was tied at halftime. The Rams had the ball moving, and then all of a sudden, running back drops a check down pass. The Niners intercept it, and the game changes. Still a seven-point win. Do you think, are you more or less confident about the Niners following this win? I mean, overall, I would say neither. But if I had to choose one, I would say less, simply because of really just the missed opportunities on offense. I mean, everyone's going to be like, well, we scored 30 again. Yeah, that's great. But you could easily have 44 points yesterday. I mean, that's huge. It's a lot. Um, but I think we missed some opportunities out there. So overall, I would say less. But honestly, like if that if that's only my only choice, I'm going to go less. Uh, I definitely want to say more, um, but I'll probably neither. I, I think this is kind of what I expected. Uh, I'm not really surprised by anything. The biggest surprise to me off of this game, Grant, is really the Rams. I think the Rams over two weeks, and yeah, they shouldn't be celebrating losses, but I think they're better than everyone expected coming into the season. I don't think anyone would have said, yeah, the Rams are going to beat the Seahawks and then only lose to the Niners by seven or whatever it ended up being. So, yeah, if I'm the Rams, I, I think I am a little bit, you know, like, hey, we're not as bad as you guys told us we would be. And so, great. Are they going to go far in the playoffs? No. Um, so the Rams could be a little confident. As far as the Niners, I, I don't know. I kind of saw this coming um, with the Niners. I mean, I predicted the score off by one point. I think this, you know, this is who they are. They shouldn't be more or less confident. But, you know, <clears throat> if you had to choose one, I'd say less because you go into a game like against the Cowboys. It's going to be a much more difficult game. If, the, if you if you beat the Rams by seven, how are you going to match up against the Cowboys? The Rams came out like, yeah, we're almost as good as the Niners. They're great. And I look at it as like, I don't know, maybe the Niners should be looking at this like, man, we're not that much better than the Rams. Like, yeah, we should have put up 45 on them, but our quarterback can't throw deep apparently. I mean, it's not like he uncharacteristically missed those throws. I think we learned he's not going to be making those throws very much. And I think we also learned that we're not great at stopping the run. I'm not going to stop saying we. I'm not the Niners. Not great at stopping the run. Uh, the secondary isn't particularly good, according to Steve Wilkes. Otherwise, he'd be calling more aggressive man-to-man coverages. Um, really, really, really talented team with some interesting weaknesses all of a sudden. The deep ball in the passing game, the secondary – the run defense. And if they if, if Steve Wilkes is going to play that far off, then the pass rush won't be there either. And Nick Bosa is going to have a tough time this year. So I come away from this game being like, how much better than the Rams are the Niners really? I mean, just Matthew Stafford along with Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell had them on the ropes in the first half. Like, really? Really? <clears throat> you notice Akers didn't even run the ball yesterday. I don't know. He was he injured. He was inactive. His, his inactive. first week. Was it because of injury? Because his first week yeah, he was one point nine yards again. Is Kyron Williams yeah. is better? He's better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we have to do also consider this is a division rival, right? So they, yeah. they tend to be more difficult games. Um, you know, it's a game of matchups. The Rams know the Niners. The Niners know the Rams. The Niners just dominate the Rams in the regular season. Uh, so I mean, maybe that's some of the competitiveness how they were able to hang in there a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. 
you know, one or two games, you can't really write everything off all the time. I think we got to see the season play out over long term. We'll see on the Giants. Giants not very good. And the Cardinals, I think the real test comes for the 49ers, who we really once we will really get a clear picture of who the 49ers are in week five. I expect them to be 4-0 going against the Cowboys, and then we'll see what happens. I expect it too. Um, I do expect it too. All of a sudden, though, I feel like the Niners, like that convincing win, big win over the Steelers. Mm. I don't know. Like it doesn't mean that much to me. I feel like we haven't learned. I don't think the Niners have played a really good. I don't think the Rams are going anywhere. I don't think Puka Naku is a Hall of Fame player. No fan. I think he's good. But I think that I think the Niners have played a couple mid teams. They blew one out and they let one hang around. And now I'm wondering about him a little bit. We'll see. I've lost. I feel like a little less confident in them. I feel like they, they should have destroyed the Rams. Should have destroyed the Rams. Could have destroyed the Rams. But they would have needed a different quarterback. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, Brock, Brock like didn't turn the ball over. That's the best thing he did in this game. Yeah, I don't think Brock is. I'm not going to say that Brock pretty can't make those throws in the future with more opportunities. He might develop that part of his game and be great at it for all we know. So is Kyle going to keep? calling those plays that, though if he keeps missing them that's my worry and i hope it's yeah. not the case because i feel like if you dial up four three or four of those a game brock hits one or two your offense changes it's a completely different offense. i mean that's why kyle was so successful in atlanta because matt ryan could hit those throws jimmy could never hit those throws for whatever reason he had the arm talent he just didn't have the mental capacity matt ryan could and that offense was explosive so if brock Purdy can hit those throws then you know, sky's the limit. The 49ers will be unstoppable. I mean, you're talking about 44 points easily uh, yesterday if he hits those throws. So, I mean, the sky's the limit. I, hopefully Brock can pull it off, but he's going to need more of them, and Kyle's got to continue to dial him up. If he doesn't dial him up, he, then we're just back to what we were with Jimmy. You know, I, obviously I like Brock a lot better than Jimmy, even without the deep throws, but that part of the game will still be missing. If, if we don't dial those up for Brock and he doesn't develop in that area. Agree. Um, let's do some prize picks. As right. people know, prize picks is the sponsor of my channel. Uh, they're terrific. The, the the code is now Cone. I feel like Iggy's kind of inside joke. Everyone knows my last name. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description. Use the promo code Cone. 100% deposit match on your first $100. Let's take a look at my picks from last week. Had uh, didn't do it great. Said Brock Purdy would do more than two hundred eighteen yards, two hundred six. So maybe that's why I'm being tough on Brock Purdy. Cost me money. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, uh, less than fifty nine. I got that one wrong. Got hurt. Debo Samuel nailed that more than fifty against the Rams. Easy. George Kittle less than forty. I felt like that was easy money too. Mm-hmm. He he's not going to go more than uh, until week five against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey more than 67 easy money and then Stafford I was dumb you would have you got that one right yeah yeah like duh so anyway let's make a couple more for tonight's game they have okay. two games tonight who's and playing I don't even know who's playing who's I don't playing? even know Saints we got Saints and Panthers and then Browns and Steelers ah, so okay. how about Michael Thomas more than or less than 50 yards it's going against the Panthers yeah um, I gotta go more. Go more? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're gonna go uh a big game for the Saints offense in this one. I'm going more than as well. Uh how about let's see, Carolina, Adam Thielen, more than or less than 30 yards receiving. 
Probably less because he's on my fantasy team. Um, I'm going more. Don't be so. <laughs> don't be so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Last one. Miles Sanders, more than a less than 12 receiving yards. Um, I'm going to go mm, receiving. Yeah, I'm going to go more. Yeah. Miles Sanders. Yeah. Miles Sanders. All right, let's do more. Three mores, 20 bucks to win 100 bucks. Place in my entry. Boom. It's that easy. Prize Picks is by far the best uh, daily fantasy site out there. Again, if you want to place an entry, use promo code Cone. Use the link in the description in the chat box. Thank you very much, Prize Picks. All right, back to the show. Let's get some super chats because we haven't gotten enough of them. Where are we at? We got you. Got you. Got you. PG90 says, any reason why the Rams with the Niners wear the red jersey still confused? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. They just know. wanted to wear white. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. That was strange. It was weird. East Dad says, I mean, it was fitting, though. Mm. It was fitting. East Dad says, you're a straight shooter. I respect that truth. Yeah, me too. Also, Ryan. Rob Schneider, this D doesn't look good. A CB and D-line overrated. I think it's... I think the D-line's good. Well, I don't know about the run defense. I'm, I wonder about that. Yeah, we'll luckily see. luckily for the 49ers, I mean, not that they're a big threat, but Barkley's out on Thursday. So that would have been a good test of their run defense, but he's not going to be playing. So to be continued. Yeah. Uh, explain this to me, please, says Matt. Kyle Shanahan said they watched Seahawks play soft zone, got destroyed. Why did we do the same thing? Great content. Keep it up, boys. Why do you think? Again, I think I think they just feared the speed, man. I really think that's what it was. They, they decided to keep everything in front of them, and Matthew Stafford would eventually mess things up. I think that was the plan. Ben, don't break. I think that's why. That's Whether it's the right plan or not, I don't know, but I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't like the plan. Don't have a Ben, don't break uh, philosophy with that much talent on defense. Mm-hmm. Call up Q Knight. Yeah. I'm all yeah, for it. Yeah, buddy. Uh, the same could be said of Dallas. They haven't played anyone yet. True. Mm-hmm. Thomas says, hey, Grant, today's my 18th birthday. I'm coming to the game. There's any good restaurants in Santa Clara or San Francisco to get a nice B-Day dinner. Oh, you're going to want to go to San, uh, San Francisco. You're going to want to go to San Francisco. What's the restaurant and you go to in San Francisco? On my birthday, I went to RNG Lounge. That's my R&G. favorite Chinese restaurant. RNG, it's been there forever. Uh, yeah. That's where I went. RNG Lounge, baby. Get the salt and pepper crab. It's delicious. Ask Jose. He'll tell you. H&R says Jimmy G missed one throw to Emmanuel Sanders and it cost the Niners a Super Bowl. Currently, Brock is tracking to do the same. Hate to say it, but it's true. The only thing I would say is that Brock pretty much better at all the other stuff, too, than Jimmy, I would say. So maybe it does, maybe it's not as necessary. What was, what was Jimmy in the Super Bowl? What was his stats? I mean, it was pretty bad. He, he was basically not asked to do anything throughout the playoffs. So I think Brock is better than Jimmy at a lot of things. But if it comes to down to that one throw... I don't think we have that much more confidence in Brock than we did in Jimmy on that one particular throw. Yeah. You know what? Something Brock has never done in a game in the NFL ever. Mm-hmm. Throw multiple picks, not once. Never exactly. Done yeah. So He's really good. Going for him. Mass Martyr, member for eight months. Thank you very much. Last topic of the day. Did the Rams show teams how to attack the Niners defense? Did the Rams reveal a blueprint of how to attack the 49ers? Obviously, they didn't have the talent to beat the Niners, although it wasn't that far off. 
but is the blueprint there? I guess what their plan was, uh, take what the Niners give them, stick with the run, check it down, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands really fast, mm -hmm. neutralize the pass rush, attack that number three cornerback as much as possible, whether it's Ambry Thomas or Isaiah Oliver. And don't be afraid of Traverius Ward. I think that was the plan for the Rams, and it works for the Rams because of what they had, right? They don't have a mobile quarterback, even though he was <laughs> moving around a little bit. They don't mm -hmm. have a mobile quarterback <clears throat> who's going to get outside the pocket, and they don't have a real strong run game. So I think for mm -hmm. the Rams, that was the best plan. But if you go up against a team that has a really strong run game, I would come at the 49ers with the run game. That would be one of my things, and I would try to get the quarterback out of the pocket, a mobile quarterback who can actually attack deep. I think the weakness with the 49ers is actually deep. Not the shallow underneath stuff. I think that's what the Rams had to do. But I think mm -hmm. the, the the real weakness of the 49ers are mobile quarterbacks and attacking deep. And they right. have still not been tested in the run game. So if they face a team with a really strong run game, that's when we're going to find out. Yeah, I mean, the Niners are always going to be vulnerable to mobile quarterbacks who can throw deep. But if they're also vulnerable to the quick passing game too, then you can really do a lot against them. I mean, again, if you're going to play this prevent soft coverage bend but don't break style then i mean the eight yard throw is there all day mm -hmm. and it seems like why would you you're like neutralizing your own pass rush you have a hundred million dollars on that d line and you're neutralizing it yourself yeah. by let by giving up the throw to the slot receiver the tight end and the running back i don't okay. know it seems like it, it defense offenses should take that if the niners are going to give it and they're stupid to give it if you can have a if you have a team that can do both, that's great. I think the this is what the Rams have always done to the 49ers to me, right? They've always done this and they haven't won a regular season game against them. So I don't think it's enough to just do this. I think they need to do both, what you're talking about, right? If you're gonna stay in the pocket, use the quick passing game, but if you can also run the ball and just continue to attack the ball through the middle and also get outside the pocket and go deep, that's when you're gonna be able to have more effect against the 49ers. I mean it hasn't worked for the Rams. It worked one time in the playoffs. Other than that, it hasn't worked. So I don't think it's enough uh, for the Rams, but I think it's effective for what they have. Right? They don't have a mobile quarterback. They don't have a running game. It's what they had to do. I don't think they had many other options. If they would have tried to sit in the pocket and go deep on the 49ers, Niners probably would have connected on a lot more sacks than they did. Uh, so I think it's what the Rams had to do. But so far, honestly, it's not working outside of that one game. So I think it takes more than that. Yeah, it, it probably does. It probably does. But – it's interesting. I mean, again, if Kyron Williams just hadn't dropped that one check down, what happens in this game? Niners probably win. Niners probably win. But closer. I don't know. And again, I don't think the Rams are as good as the Rams seem to think they are. I think they're, they're a team that has very little talent. Very yeah. little talent. So what if a team with more talent can do this keep the chains moving, win the time of possession, and take a few shots as well. Yeah. Maybe the Niners will win. Maybe the Niners yeah. will win if Brock hits some shots. It's, it's going to be interesting these next three weeks. And the reason why, even though the Giants and Cardinals are trash, to put, to put it lightly, they both have really mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, they do. So we're going to see how they defend mobile quarterbacks. And then after that, they play the Cowboys, which seems to be one of the most complete teams in the NFL right now. That, 40, that Cowboys defense – I mean, again, it's it's against the Cardinals and the Giants, so we'll see what they actually look like against a real good team. But that defense looks scary, man. Uh, they really do look good on defense, the Cowboys. So these next three weeks are interesting. We're going to be able to see what how do they look against mobile quarterbacks? Are they still struggling with that? And then how do they face up with 
a team like the Cowboys that has a complete roster like they do. We'll see how people saying Sean McVay sucks. I mean, at least he knows the Niners well enough to attack Ambry Thomas on the first drive. I couldn't get over the Steelers waiting until like they were down big at the end of the first half to finally figure out that Ambry Thomas was on the field and that he was the guy they had to go after. Like the first pass of the game against the Niners was at Ambry mm -hmm. against the Rams. So you got to give them respect, at least for knowing what to do and being merciless about it and playing him off the field rather quickly. Yeah, I wonder if other teams will do that too. And I think like just taking him off and putting Isaiah Oliver on the field isn't a solution. Yeah, I mean the Niners had, they don't they didn't have this weakness last year in the secondary. No, someone no, this bad. And the thing is, I mean, they were winning going into the last second of this of the first half. They were up seventeen to ten, yeah. all right? And seventeen points 17 in one half. 17. 17 points yes. in one half on this defense. I never would have seen that coming. I thought the Niners were going to give up like ten points total, maybe thirteen. Yeah. McVay was dialing it up. McVay was dialing yep. it up. But again, I think they're limited as a team. They don't have a run game. They can't no doubt. hang in there in the pocket. They can't get out of the court, out of the pocket. So they're limited and they were still able to do that. You scary. know, I think, you know, shout out Kinda to the 49ers for figuring it out at halftime, how yeah. to stop it. Uh, but overall, when we when we play a really good team, that's when we're going to find out what they're made of. A couple fortunate bounces too. the, the interception. That was a tip and the right guard getting hurt. We'll see. I wonder if smart teams try to replicate what the Rams do. Because not every team has a Russell Wilson-type quarterback who can just, hey, get out of the pocket, make a few plays, throw it 60 yards, and do it multiple times a game. Like, most teams I mean, don't have that. Stidham did it. Stidham did it. <laughs> Stidham Dude. did it. It's true. Yeah. It's yeah. True. Com combine Hats what the Raiders did. Yeah, combine what the Raiders did and what the Rams did, and th that's your formula to how to attack the 49. Pretty much. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Don't just stand in the pocket and go through your reads. Your, your, your reads are... If your first read is open, throw it. If not, get the hell out of the pocket. That's how you play the Niners. You're a one-read yeah. quarterback. Absolutely. Tristan says, Josh Johnson showed us in the NFC Championship that you can't put any quarterback in the system. Don't like the narrative. I don't like that narrative, Tristan. And I'll tell you why. Because if you watch back that Eagles game, no quarterback was going to do well that day. That that Josh Johnson, like blaming everything on Josh Johnson is not accurate. No. Go watch the game. When he had a clean pocket, he was actually 100%. He barely had a clean pocket. I think that's a naive way of looking at that game. The game was lost in the trenches. Mass Martyr says, I said for the red jerseys because it was a home game. Yeah, it was fitting. It was definitely fitting. Crazy how many 49er fans were in. That sucks. That sucks to be a Rams fan or play for the Rams. And every time the Niners come, it's like their stadium. That really sucks, man. No, what sucks for Rams fans is the fact that the team left your town and that you live in St. Louis and they're in L.A. That's, that's what happens. That's what happened. Yeah. I mean, nothing yeah, against St. Louis. St. Louis is cool, but that's where the fans are. Mm -hmm. I lived in L.A. for four years. No one gives a hell. No one gives a damn about the NFL in, in L.A. It's a basketball, baseball town. The only yeah. football they care about is USC. Yeah. Because well, I mean, those it, teams all have cr crazy, crazy tradition. Like the Lakers have won a bunch of championships. The Dodgers have won a bunch of championships. USC's won a bunch of championships. No one cares about the Rams, even though they won two Bowl two years ago. It's like people don't even know. I mean, people don't understand the history. Like, my wife's from Southern California. Her whole family is 49er fans. Like, a lot of those 49er fans that you saw there, they didn't even travel. They just, like, lived down there. Like, if you lived in L.A., you had the Raiders who cut and dipped, and then you had the Rams who cut and dipped, and all you had was the Chargers who sucked. So if you grew up in the 80s and 90s in California and you're watching what the 49ers did, you became a 49ers fan. So it, it's a tough – it'll take generations for the Rams to actually build up a fan base in L.A.
It's never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah. Stephen Pryor, thank you. Uh, Chris Telerico, if the Rams could play two halves of football, the outcome would have been very different. Screens to Bosa's side, attacking the corners. Yeah, just running at Bosa and Hargrave. Running, running at that side. I mean, Armstead and Farrell on one side, that's pretty good, but I don't know. Um, Dustin the Gale says, imagine if Dak and Rush have to sit out for a few games during week five. One out of 100 odds, but would be an interesting game. Oh, if Trey gets to play? Oh, that'd be wild. Yeah. yeah. Matt says, the hyena is best cornerback on our roster. Call up Q. Uh, play Ward role. Q plays fearless and lays out for every play. I like, I like it. I definitely yeah. think they should call up Quantrez Knight. He, I think he's better than Isaiah Oliver. I'm, I'm on the campaign. I they could have had Deshaun Jameson. That is that is hurting them right now. Yeah, it is. Now, I will not understand that. They Deshaun Jameson is better than Ambry Thomas, was always better than Ambry Thomas. What were they thinking there? Dumb. So was Quantrez Knight. Both Quantrez Knight and uh, Deshaun Jameson were both on my 53-man projection uh, before roster cut down. So I'm not sure why they did that. Thank goodness they still got Quantrez. Yeah. Lucky. Luckily. All right. We're going to get out of here a little early today. I'm going to be back at 3 o'clock if you want to see me. want a little bit more of this face. How about Ryan? What do you got going on? Thanks. Uh, I moved all my shows to 9 a.m., so I'm just doing the morning shows. 9 a.m., Monday okay. through Friday, except for on Wednesday. This guy's going Wednesday at night. I might have to adjust that. But please subscribe to the channel. I appreciate it, man. Cool. Um, thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back in an hour and a half.